This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into Hog Hoops Live, episode number seven. I'm your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me alongside Trey Biddy and Danny West over on the team at hogsports.com. Listen, the must bus was in the ditch after last week, and I'm not saying it's coasting down the highway again after last night's win over Auburn, but dang it, they're at least back on the road. We're going to dive into what has been an insane last several days for Arkansas basketball. Take a look ahead as the Hogs look to build a little bit of momentum going into a favorable stretch of games, all that coming your way and more on Hog Hoops Live. All right, everybody, before we get started, as always, want to remind you all the ways that you can watch or listen. You can like our Hog Sports page here on Facebook. Obviously, if you're tuned in now, you're taking a look at that. You can subscribe to our Hog Hoops Live YouTube page. Make sure if you haven't done that already to go ahead and knock that out for us. And then if you're a podcast listener, you can find us on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, same place that you listen to Hog Sports Live with Trey on a weekly basis. Throw us a like, a five-star review, leave a comment. All those things are greatly appreciated. Let's get that out of the way. Voila, and moving on. Okay, a lot has happened since the last time we've met. My goodness. You know, Arkansas had a brutal week last week. We, you know, we talked about it. The last last show we did was after that LSU game, and you know, things actually got a little bit worse <laughs> over the weekend at Alabama. Uh, you know, the the team, it was the craziest thing. I mean, they just they looked overmatched. Uh, there were some effort issues. You know, whatever was going on, the team was in a funk. There was no doubt about it. You know, and and coming into this Auburn game last night, a lot of folks were looking at it. Uh, as a must win, I get it. I'm not talking about for NCAA tournament hopes, things like that. I'm talking about so the season doesn't blow up right before our eyes. I mean, it it, it was looking rough. Things were bleak, right? Well, Arkansas hosts Auburn last night, and, man, I mean, was that a wild one or what? You know, for the first 15 minutes or so of the first half, I was legitimately worried that this team was broken, I mean, I don't know another way to say it. You know, three games in a row where, where they come out just so flat uh, and, and kind of getting boat raced right out of the gates. You know, another sloppy offensive start. I think they started like three of 20 shooting from the field. I mean, come on, right? Auburn's shooting 60% naturally. I mean, you get down by as many as 19 there midway through the first half and, you know, at home, and you're thinking – you know, holy crap, this is horrible. You know, Arkansas already beat this team by a dozen. I know they added a player, but you're on your home floor. It was inexplicable. I, I've, I haven't really seen anything like that. It, you know, it, it was almost like Space Jam. I know everybody has watched that movie, but you remember when the aliens come in, they steal all the basketball talents away from the NBA players. I'm not exaggerating. That's what it looked like. It looked like they forgot how to play. Guards couldn't dribble. You know, Justin Smith, he's back, but he's 
you know, every shot he throws up is getting swatted away. Yeah, I mean, Sharif Cooper's out there for Auburn. He's looking like Allen Iverson. Bud Walton Arena was getting restless, man. <laughs> I mean, folks were wondering what in the world was going on. Finally, with just under five minutes left until halftime, something changed. I don't know what it was. The, the switch flipped, the light bulb turned on, whatever you want to call it, I don't know. But they looked like a completely different team. It was a night and day difference. It was crazy. Made a decent little run there. Like I said, they were down 19, uh, went to the half down 43-31. So you cut it down to a dozen. You still want to be closer than that at home, but at the same time, you just had a feeling that some momentum was building for Arkansas. It looked like for the first time in over a week that they were enjoying playing basketball. They had a little bit of confidence, a little bit of swagger. You know, Eric Musselman talked about, you know, getting back to playing with some joy and passion. You could see that. A little bit of momentum going into halftime, you know, and then just an incredible second half effort, honestly. You know, so many things to highlight from that. I, I, I wrote an article about the defense, you know, just first of all, I, I thought it was an incredible adjustment by Eric Musselman to start bringing a double team or, or a trap at Sharif Cooper in the second half. You got to get the ball out of that dude's hands. I mean, in the first half, he's just so slippery. Uh, you can't guard him one-on-one, -on -one, especially if, if they bring their bigs out and are able to get any kind of ball screen on whoever was guarding him, whether it was Tate or Devo or Desi, whoever. Uh, that dude's getting to the rim. Uh, and he's such a playmaker. I mean, he can get in there and finish. He was more of a scorer last night. Uh, but his his vision and the way he's able to thread the needle and find some guys with these passes, it's unreal. You had to get the ball out of his hands. So they started throwing a double team at him, forcing him when he came across half court to make that first pass. Just get the ball out of his hands. Maybe he gets it back, maybe he doesn't, but he's not going to run the entire possession offensively. I thought that was a great move. He finished with 25 points, ends a game high, but he was held to four assists. This is a guy who was averaging nearly 10 per game coming in. Held him to four assists and four turnovers. That was key. That was absolute key. And you talk about some of the guys for the Razorbacks. I mean, Desi Sills, welcome back, dude. I mean, where have you been? You think back to, to the questions and concerns over the course of the last week when it comes to who's, who's the leader on this team. It's Desi, period, for better or worse, right? But when that dude brings it, the team feeds off of his energy in such a big way. You need it consistently from him. I'm not even talking about scoring and all that, but just the energy. He was incredible. He was relentless last night, driving, getting to the rim, uh, you know, 22 points, really a, a great breakout performance. You know, we talked to him after the game. You really like some of the things that he was saying about how, I mean, he acknowledged he was in a slump, and it's no secret to anyone that the man was struggling, but, you know, he kept talking about how his teammates kept picking him up you know, and encouraging him, keeping him going. That's something that you really like to hear. You know, anytime a team starts losing a couple games, you start seeing all those questions pop up about what's going on in the locker room, what's going on behind the scenes, are there chemistry issues and things like that. But then, you know, obviously things are a little bit better after a win, but, you know, to hear Desi say things like that about the guys picking him up, you know, and encouraging him and, and you know, kind of willing him through it, that's big. That's important. Really like to see that. Jalen Tate, eh, a little better. Hey, he made some big shots. Made some big shots, did some really good things defensively. He still turned the ball over too much. 
at that point guard position. Five turnovers, five assists, so uh, has to be has to be a little bit better. Justin Smith, you know, back his second game, I I thought maybe he caught his wind a little bit in the second half. Like I said, you know, early in the game, he was getting a lot of good looks. I mean, he was he was posting up and around the rim, and they were just swatting away every shot he took. It seemed like, and you're thinking, man, it, does he just not have his, his you know his explosiveness back with that ankle? What's is he not? We know he's not a hundred percent yet, but is he fifty percent? What's going on? I thought he did a really good job in the second half. He's he's kind of a niche player, right? I mean, he he's he's a rim runner in transition. He's a high flyer that you can lob it up to. We saw that really impressive lob from from Tate, I believe it was. Uh, for a big dunk that got the crowd going. I, I want to talk about that crowd in a minute, by the way. Uh, but, you know, he's not a three-point shooter. He's not not really a back-to-the-basket power guy. I think he needs to catch it, you know, in the short corner or maybe at the elbow, rip it and go to the rim, and then get on the glass. That's where he makes his money on the offensive end. Obviously, terrific on uh, on the defensive end. Jalen Williams, man, <laughs> listen, you want to talk about a guy that's emerging. You know, he's somebody who's – We've talked about it. He's really developed his role based on hustle and, and defense and effort and energy and things like that. He's doing the same things last night. He's taking charges, blocking shots, you know, diving for loose balls. But he showed some of that offensive promise that we've heard about and that we've talked about. Had a really nice play. It's kind of a kind of a lazy pass coming his way on the wing, and one of Auburn's guards was, you know, was trying to come through and poke it out from him, and he had a, a behind-the-back dribble and drove it to the rim and finished. It was fancy. I mean, you see guards doing that kind of thing. Finally, and you know, he he's passed up so many open threes, but finally he catches one in rhythm, pulls up, drills it. Big three during the run there early in the second half. And then people talk about his athleticism. I, I mean, he's not the most bouncy guy in the world, but did you see that put-back dunk that, that put the Razorbacks ahead? That was incredible. It was a great play. I thought he did some really good things offensively. You know, another freshman, Devo Davis, he, you know, he came in uh, just so scrappy, kind of got back to, you know, what he does best, just bringing that effort and that energy. He was ticked off at Sharif Cooper. Um, you know, sometimes those, those little guards that are so crafty, uh, you know, and they'll, they'll take off dribbling, they'll get by you, and they know that the defender's playing catch-up, and they just stop, and you run into them and pick up the foul. I hate when guards do that. And uh, he did it to Devo one time, and you could tell Devo was ticked off about it. You know, Cooper was flopping quite a bit throughout the night. I think he got warned for it once, but, you know, it, it kind of flipped a switch on Devo, man. He started really getting after it, did a good job. I thought he made some big shots uh, and some big plays. Did struggle a little bit down the stretch. We'll talk about that stretch at the end after Tate fouled out, and uh, and he took off, took the point guard position over late and wasn't pretty. But it's a learning experience, right? Moses Moody got clamped up a little bit, but he made some big plays down the stretch. Obviously came up with a huge rebound uh, and a free throw there at the end. J.D. Note earned his first start. Kind of a, a little bit of a no-show. He didn't didn't really bring it offensively like, like you'd hope to see from him. It's kind of a, a run of a couple games where he hasn't really gotten it going offensively. I think he'll I think he'll probably be back in that six-man role moving forward. Got a little spark in that first half. I, I thought Vance Jackson might have been the guy that ignited it a little bit when he came in. The Hogs are struggling to to you know find any points, 
and uh, he came in and drilled a three, and it kind of brought a little bit of life into the gym. He didn't do a whole lot after that, but I thought that was a big shot there in the first half. Vanover, he started. I didn't think he played that bad last night. I thought I thought Jalen Williams was just great, and that's you know who you had to roll with there. Really solid win. They needed that. The execution late in the game, I mean, it's crazy. You're down by 19. Eventually, you built up an eight-point lead in the final minutes, and uh, the execution wasn't great <laughs> down the stretch. So uh, still having some trouble breaking a press. And, uh, you know, that was a little bit of an issue last year. Um, it was amplified, I thought, last night with, with your point guard, you know, Jalen Tate being out, and then Note wasn't on the floor there either. Uh, you know, so Devo had the tough pass on the inbounds and they, you know, he got his, got his pocket pick there. Uh, and, and all of a sudden it's like a three point game. Things really, maybe it was a one point game. Actually, things really tightened up. Um, they eventually went to Desi Sills and to get the ball down the floor. The couple times they did break the press in those final couple minutes, you know, you, you basically had two shot clock violations. And it's cool. You want to run some clock at least, uh, but you got to at least get a shot off. I, I think, Maybe it was Devo that had one kind of blocked, just kind of a last-second effort around the rim, and then you know they brought Note in. He he'd been sitting on the bench forever, and he gets in there and you know he, he kind of gets caught in no man's land in an ISO situation and double clutches and shot clock violations. So wasn't great there, uh, but they held on for the win right because they executed you know on the defensive end on the last possession. That was scary. That was a tense moment. You know, one-point game and 25 seconds left, and here comes Sharif Cooper, who's who's just been slicing you up, you know, during the game, getting to the rim, and he comes off of that ball screen, you know, driving left, which he, he loves to do with the head of steam, and you're thinking, man, this guy's going to finish this, isn't he? But, hey, Arkansas walled up. Maybe you fouled him, maybe you didn't, right? But at that point in the game, that's such a hard call for an official to make. Such a hard call for an official to make. He misses a shot. Moody secures the rebound, which was huge, and then goes to the free throw line. Naturally, he misses the front end. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit of a surprise to me that Bruce Pearl called a timeout right there. You know, with with 2.4 seconds left, I think he did it to kind of ice Moses and set up his last play. You know, Moses comes back out and he makes the free throw, and then Auburn honestly got about as good of a look as you can get with that little time. Uh, but it does fall short. So Arkansas hangs on for the win. Like I said, much needed victory, a, a feel-good win. You know, they, I thought Musselman's press conference afterwards was really interesting. You know, kind of asked him what what changed to get those guys going there towards the end of the first half, and he literally just said, "I felt like we played again." I mean, that's a simple answer, but it really speaks volumes to what this team has looked like the past week. Should that ever really be an issue? How do you not play in in huge games like you had huge opportunities at LSU and Alabama last week? It's it's interesting. You know, that's part of the reason I still do have some concerns moving forward, uh, just because of the lack of consistency. We've seen how good this team can be. We've seen how bad they can be. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Got to be consistently good to win in this league. And last night was a, definitely a, a step in the right direction there. You know, it's a happy locker room, Muscleman said. Probably a mixture between excitement and, you know, just relief. It almost felt like everybody could exhale a little bit. I'm happy for them. They had fun again. They're passionate and tense. To me, that's what it's all about. You know, it's, I can handle Arkansas basketball losing games. That's going to happen. Right? I'm not irrational. I understand that. But losing games when you don't even look like you want to be out there, uh, you know, with kind of some off body language, you don't know, you know, if the, if the effort and the chemistry and things like that, that's, that's not the foundation that this program was built on. You know, tons of work still left to be done. I mean, don't, I wouldn't be fooled into thinking that all of a sudden all is well and that these guys are just going to be rolling. Still a lot to clean up. But, man, it's good to see them playing the right way again. Really good to see. Good to see Musselman up on the bench going crazy, you know, back to his, <laughs> you know, his ways over there on the sidelines. And, and you know, Desi Sills mentioned that, that, that part of what got them going was seeing Musselman's energy and his enthusiasm on the bench. It's tough to maintain that when you're struggling the way Arkansas has the last couple games, but again, certainly a step in the right direction. And something else I thought was interesting, you know, Musk talked about how he's he's shortening the rotation moving forward. He's done trying to please everybody in, in terms of playing time. Uh, you know, he's been playing at pretty much everyone, nine, ten guys. Uh, he's going to go back to his comfort zone at at six, seven. And he did that in the second half last night, and you know, he basically said. In, you know, unless Arkansas comes out looking like, you know, the, the walking dead again, uh, he's not going to budge on it. Tightening things up. I wonder who those guys are going to be. I mean, Tate, Tate, Sills, Moody, Justin Smith, Jalen Williams at this point. I mean, it seems to me like those, that's your starting five, I think. Um, you know, Devo. And, and Note, I think Note is still going to play. You know, coming off coming off the bench is you know some scoring pop. Devo brings the energy. I like that. I mean, that's seven right there. Maybe maybe very very short stints for guys like Vanover uh, or Jackson on a given night, depending on matchups. If you need a little bit more size, uh, but I, I think that top seven there gets the lion's share of the minutes now, in my opinion. Got Vanderbilt coming up this weekend on Saturday, maybe. Uh, we'll see about that. 
you know, Vandy was set to play Texas A&M last night. Uh, that game was postponed due to to the positives and contact tracing, COVID, and all that going on within Vanderbilt's program. Uh, last I heard, you know, it sounds like that game is still expected to be played. Uh, I guess if that changes while we're live here, somebody throw a comment in and let me know. <laughs> but uh, you know, it sounds like they're going to try to make that happen. It's kind of a weird situation. You know, Vanderbilt had a game with Tennessee postponed in the midweek last week. But then they were able to turn around and play them on Saturday. I, I don't know, you know, how, how their, you know, contact tracing and rules and things like that work. Uh, you know, then now they have another midweek canceled this week against A&M, and they think they're going to play Arkansas on Saturday. I, I figure we'll hear some, you know, probably hear something definite today because Arkansas is going to have to hit the road, you know, tomorrow if they're going to go play. I feel bad for Vanderbilt. I mean, across the athletics department, they're, they're really struggling. I know Nashville, I guess, is kind of a hotbed with everything right now, but, uh, you know, their, their football team struggled, uh, you know, with, with testing and things like that. The women's basketball program has kind of went ahead and scrapped the season. The men have had seven games canceled this year. It's unreal. Seven games canceled. You know, still, we talk about Arkansas's non-conference schedule and things like that, but man, at least they got to play in a year like this. You're just happy to see the kids get the chance to play. Assuming it does happen, I mean, you, you take a look at Vandy, it, you know, four and six overall, they're, they're winless in the SEC. I mean, I don't think it's a given that Arkansas is just going to walk in there and win the game. You ever seen that place? It's a kind of a weird place to play. And you add on to that, it, it's one of those places where the, you know, the benches are like below the floor and you're kind of like at eye level with the floor. It's, it's kind of a weird environment. Then you add on to that, it, it's going to be empty. I'm not talking empty like, you know, Bud Walton can hold 19,000 or whatever and there's four grand in there. I'm, I'm talking empty like I think they're just allowing parents and immediate family in. So then, you know, to me, the, the challenge for Arkansas becomes can you create your own energy and play with the intensity and passion out on, you know, on the road in an empty gym that you did last night? Because quite honestly, last night, in, in my mind, was a little bit of that Bud Walton magic. Call me crazy. I mean, there's 4,000 people or whatever in there, but uh, the crowd willed that team back into the game. I, I thought that they created and sustained the energy for the guys. They were great. crowd was fantastic. It was pretty loud. They were a factor. I, I thought it was really cool. Uh, you know, we've seen spurts of that. You know, I, I thought, you know, there were moments during that Missouri game where, you know, you thought Arkansas was going to get back into it, and then the crowd got going a bit. A little bit during that Georgia game, obviously that wound up being a blowout. But in you know, in a tight game like that against Auburn, four thousand can make some noise. I thought that was pretty cool. But then you can't turn around and go to sleep through another test on the road. And they've struggled with those early games. It's a noon tip-off, so you know, we'll see. Looking at Vanderbilt, I mean, it, let's, let me pull up their schedule here. They've taken some beatings, but you know, like I said, seven games canceled. I mean, they they opened their season on November twenty seventh, and they didn't play another game until December thirteenth. Right, so it's almost three weeks that they missed. But they beat up on Mississippi Valley State, just like everyone has. Poor guys. Lost to Richmond, beat Radford, got blown out by Davidson. <coughs> 
But in SEC play, I mean, they've, they've hung tough with a couple teams. You know, they got beat up on a little bit by Florida, but lost by three on the road at Kentucky in a game that they were really in control of. I, I thought throughout I watched that game, um, got away from them late. You know, they, they turned around the next day, or not the next day, but their next game against Mississippi State, who kind of one of the more surprising teams, I think, in the league. They've got a really strong backcourt, but – Lost that game by three, you know, in controversial fashion. So there's, you know, two, you know, middle of the pack type SEC teams, kind of where Arkansas is currently. That you know they really hung tough with and just just couldn't quite finish. Played Tennessee over the weekend, lost to those guys by 20, and then obviously the A&M game um, scheduled for last night was postponed. But it's not a given. Coached by Jerry Stackhouse, I think he's, he's starting to do a, a decent job over there. Uh, not a lot of depth. For those guys, you know, they do have some players. They've got some pretty good players. You know, they're led by Scottie Pippen Jr. Yes, that that's Scottie Pippen's kid. Uh, he was there last year and, uh, you know, I thought really emerged as a nice freshman. He's rolling this year. I mean, he's averaging 21 points per game. Shooting at 35% from three. Really does a nice job of getting to the free throw line. He's definitely going to be the focal point of the scouting report, I'm sure. I mean, we're going to talk to Muss. I think at two o'clock today, and you know we'll get the rundown on Vandy and how all that's going to look. But you know, obviously he's going to be a big part of that. They got you know a couple, uh, I think a pretty solid big guy in Dylan Disu, six nine, two twenty. Uh, you know, averaging thirteen and eight for him. He's a guy that can step out and shoot the three a little bit. Uh, Sixteen to forty two. I mean, it's thirty eight percent. It's pretty good. Shooting it okay as a team. For those of you in state, you'll you'll remember the name Isaac McBride. Little Rock product. He uh, he signed out of that 2020 class originally to Kansas, and he he backed out on that. Maybe it was 2019. I don't know. Um, but he backed out on that and then wound up at at Vanderbilt. Thought for a minute Arkansas might take a take a flyer on him, but he's at Vanderbilt now. Was playing quite a bit early. Hasn't so much lately. Obviously a really good three point shooter. He's he's four of 17 on the year, but be cool to see him get out there and get after it a little bit. You know, at the end of the day, though, you, I mean, you just you can't lose this game. Period. You just can't. You know, you, you can't you can't get some momentum back. You know, against Auburn, and then go drop one on the on the road to Vanderbilt. So, you know, whether it's by one point or or thirty or whatever, they they got to find a way to get it done. And really, you know, looking at the big picture, you, you're in a position where you really have to reel off some wins here. It's kind of do or die time. You got Vandy this weekend and Ole Miss at home next week. To me, those are non-negotiables. Those are games you have to win. Two teams, you know, below you in the conference standings. Then I think, you know, for if, if we're talking like your postseason resume and and you know the eye test and things like that, you need to win that Oklahoma State game the following week in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. That's gonna be fun over in Stillwater. See if I can actually get over there and cover that game. You gotta prove that you can beat a good team. Talk about that in a sec. Then you come back, you got Mississippi State and Texas AM at home the following week. Neither of those teams are bad. But if if you're if you're legit, right, if you really think you have a shot at, at the postseason March Madness and, and you belong in the upper tier of the SEC, you don't lose those guys at home. 
So am I saying they have to win five in a row? Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I think if you, if you are who you want to be, you'll do that. And, you know, if you do, that puts you in a pretty good spot. And you're sitting at 11 and four right now, three and four in conference. I mean, how would you feel if, you know, a couple of weeks from now you're sitting at 16 and four, six and four in the league, seven and four, whatever it would be. That changes things. They're capable of doing it. You just got to bring consistency. So important. You know, before last night, uh, you know, Joe Lenardi, everybody follows his bracketology on ESPN. He, he still had Arkansas on the field as a 10 seed. So he's starting to teeter towards that bubble naturally. And that's what, that's what happens after you have a week like you did last week. But, you know, bracket matrix, which I prefer, it's kind of a an average of all the prominent bracketologists. They have you average out at about a 10 seed. You're happy to still be in that conversation, certainly. Um, that's not really where you want to be down the stretch, right? We don't want to be on the bubble. <laughs> let's let's try one of those Arkansas is safely in kind of deals as they go into the SEC tournament and things like that. And again, we don't we don't know what that SEC tournament's going to look like in terms of format and things like that. It's crazy. I mean, South Carolina just got back to playing. I, I think everybody else has played. You know, six, seven conference games, they're down at three. You know, Missouri had some postponed. You don't know how you're going to be able to reschedule those. So I don't, I don't know how seeding's going to work for that tournament. It's going to be interesting to see. But, you know, I think at this point, obviously you want to rack up all the wins that, that you're supposed to get. Arkansas has done a good job of that so far. I mean, they've, for the most part, well, no, they just have. I mean, they've beat everyone that they're supposed to beat. But they haven't taken that step forward, right, and and, and knocked off, you know, the teams that are in the position where they want to be. That's the only way you're going to get there. You haven't done it yet. It's almost February, right? Well, your best win, I guess, is Auburn on the road. They're a 500 basketball team. I think Arkansas is good enough clearly to beat some of these these upper echelon teams shot horribly and you're still in the game against Missouri you know kind of took it to the last minute on the road at Tennessee I'm done talking about LSU and Alabama but I mean it, it's in there they just got to get over the hump you look at those net rankings which are so important you know Arkansas sets at number 38 as of today uh, eh, I mean, they were as high as 19 a little over a week ago. So you, you've dropped quite a bit. And, and really, to me, you can look at this in two ways. I mean, you're, you're 0-4 in quad one games. Quad one games are against, you know, those, those top-tier teams, uh, whether it be at home or on the road. So, so on one hand, you know, four of your losses are to – well, all four of your losses are to, you know, the best teams you played. But you essentially haven't beaten a good team and you're 15 games in. So, uh, you know, those opportunities, the further along you get in the season, they become more, you know, few and far between. So you got to get that done. Trapped to number 45 in Kempom. You know, Arkansas was top 25 a week ago. So they took a hit. You know, some of the other analytics are more favorable. Uh, but those are really the two, the net and Kempom that I follow most closely and those need to get better. And, and, you know, I think you can maintain, you can make a little bit of a dent in where you want to be, you know, by, by racking up some wins, uh, you know, against mediocre and, and lower level teams in the league. But really to, to make that huge jump to where you want to be, 
Got to get one of those marquee wins. ESPN's BPI, they've the basketball power index, they've been pretty high on Arkansas throughout the year. I think they still have them in the top 30, which is nice. Um, but, you know, based on their predictor, they, they have Arkansas's most likely conference record at the end of the season being 10-8. and 8. It probably puts you anywhere from like 5 to 8 in the SEC standings, I guess. Maybe a little, I don't know, 5 to 7, depending on how things shake out. Is that good enough to get you in to the tournament? I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, depending on who you beat. You know, are you able to go steal a quad one win at Oklahoma State next weekend? I think it's such a huge game. Uh, you know, you, you get to get outside of your league, add that marquee non-conference game. And they've got Cade Cunningham, the number one pick. They're they're playing well. I mean, he's beat Kansas uh, about a week ago. So I, I think that's a huge opportunity. And, you know, if, if you can do that, that's great. And then I think if you find a way to steal, you know, if the predictors are saying 10-8 and eight in the league, it's not a given that that's going to happen. you still got to win the games. But if you could find a way to just really get on a roll and, and get maybe that 11-7 mark at the end of the season, I think that's what puts you in a really, really good spot. And we talked about this stretch right here, but, you know, in kind of the back end, you you got to go to Kentucky those guys are reeling right now. I mean, if you're ever going to go into Rupp Arena and, and feel good about your chances of getting a win, this is it. I saw to Georgia basically on a buzzer beater last night. Really, really struggling, Kentucky. You get the rematch at Missouri after that. I mean, I guarantee you the team is going to be fired up for that one, right? You get Florida, who's been up and down. I mean, they took a couple losses and they blew Tennessee out of the water without half of their team. So you don't really know what to expect from them, but you get them at home at least, which is good. You, you got a rematch with Alabama and LSU coming back to your gym. I I think you can give LSU a battle, especially with Justin Smith back. That changes things for you defensively. Alabama, I, I don't know. <laughs> Those guys are rolling. Did you see what they did to LSU the other day? It's incredible. Got to find a way to slow down that offensive attack. I mean, those those guys are... These guys are shooting it. And you get South Carolina at home. So, you know, opportunities are there. I, I think they're still, you know, all things all things considered in a pretty good spot overall. Let's see if we have some questions today. Looks like we might. Josh Weaver says, must bus got a tune up to say the least. Yeah, I tell you what. <laughs> You know, Eric Musselman is not a happy camper when, when he loses games, but, you know, I, I, I'm i not sure how many times he's been in the situation where he's lost back-to-back games in that fashion like he did last week. And, I, you know, I he was dejected and upset, and, pro- and honestly, I'm, he was searching for answers. It wasn't for a lack of trying. I mean, they threw everybody on the on the roster out there on the floor and tried different combinations and different things, and you got a couple – games in a row there where it's just not working and you come back to your home floor against a team you already beat and you get down by 19 in the first half and man anybody who watched that game you're looking at it for that first 15 minutes thinking what the heck is going on imagine what that man was thinking but they figured it out 
like I said, a lot to work on still, but you, you got to be happy with the response and, and the grit and the fight. And those guys, when they play like that, and, and Musselman said it, like he, he said, I would take that effort and energy that Arkansas had in the second half up against anyone. I'd take it anywhere. I would too. That's the team that can go knock off, you know, the, the Tennessees and the, and the LSUs of the world. Consistency. Got to find it. Lisa Cup Hancock says, so much better in my opinion with Vanover out. Yeah, you know, I've, I'm up and down on that with, with Connor. You know, I, the last few games obviously were really bad matchups for him. Uh, you know, in terms of having to try to defend those guys who are just those so athletic and, and hybrid forwards that can shoot threes and, you know, drive it at you and things like that. At the same time, I I look at Arkansas's defense. It's not like anybody else they threw out there was doing any better, right? Uh, now that you have Justin Smith back, though, and Jalen Williams continuing to emerge and becoming more of an offensive threat, uh I really like that combination at the four and five. I really do. I don't think that completely buries Vanover necessarily, but like I said, maybe it's a situation where those are spot minutes. You know, can can he come in and and give you a spurt? Uh, you know, knock down a three or two, block a shot. Certain matchups work for him. I didn't think he was bad really when he was in there last night. I just thought Jalen Williams has emerged, and, and I thought he was incredible. You know. But, but Vanover, uh, you know, there are going to be some games that are more favorable for him moving forward. I, I don't, I'm not sure about Vanderbilt. He'd probably be okay in there. Uh, but, you know, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, those, those are some of those teams that play really slow. They got some of those big clunkers in there. So, you know, especially with Smith back to kind of help him out in the post and, and on help side and rotations and things like that, maybe you can get a spark offensively from Connor where it's not a liability issue on defense. I think we're still going to continue to see him, but yeah, I mean, last night with that group they had with Williams in there uh, in the second half, I thought they were incredible. David Weather says, Sills, I know, about time, right? You just love Desi. He's such a, such a good kid, and you know, with the energy and the passion that he's brought, he's a home state guy. He's been here for three years, and you see him in those slumps that he's had you know, over the, case, you know, the course of the last couple of weeks. You hate that for him. You know how good he can be. You know how much he cares and how much it means to him. It was really good to see him bust out. Billy D. Wilkerson, hey, it was a great comeback. Sure was. Yeah, that was great. I mean, to come back from 19 down, down a dozen at, at the half, that's not easy, especially against a team like Auburn who typically shoots threes at the rate that they do. We talked about Arkansas's three-point defense. Oh, man, <laughs> you know, it, it had really been a struggle. Uh you know, I think they're allowing opponents to shoot about 37% from three in SEC play. That ain't good. Uh, and, and they were knocking down about nine or ten of them a game. I thought Arkansas did a really nice job defending the three. Like I said, the adjustment they made going to that half-court trap and, and harassing uh, Sharif Cooper there was great. It was great. They had the, the guys that they wanted taking the shots, and Arkansas kind of dictated who was taking the shots for Auburn which I thought was really impressive. You know, they had Javon Franklin, another Arkansas native, uh, who knocked down two threes, but Musselman said, hey, he hasn't made one all year. We'll live with that shot. It was good to see. 
Casey Humphrey says, less Vanover, more Jalen Williams, and Vance Jackson, please. Yeah, again, you know, Jalen Williams, especially if, if he's going to start, you know, he's cutting down on the turnovers, getting more comfortable with the ball in his hands, and if he's becoming more of an offensive threat, which I think he can. I actually think he's a guy you can throw it to the post and he can get you a bucket with a jump hook. But, you know, his ability, hey, you get an open three, take that thing and shoot it, man. Musselman talked about how it's so important for him right now to have his feet set. And he did last night. It looked good. Being a little more aggressive, you know, I, I think defenders right now are probably looking at him saying, uh, this guy's not trying to score. He'll sneak up on you. Jalen Williams is going to be a really good player. And then Vance, you know, with him, it's all about consistency and performing on the defensive end. Well, a little bit of that pressure is taken off of him now that Justin Smith is back. You know, Justin Smith is going to draw the Trenton Woffords of the world. Vance Jackson doesn't have to worry about that. He gets the other guy. And so if he can come in and knock down some threes, again, maybe in, in shorter spurts, you know, give you a little bit of pop off the bench, I agree. I think it's a good look. <clears throat> Danny Guyon says, at this time, they are not an NCAA team. I assume you mean NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, they are, <laughs> I guess, according to the analytics. Now, I, they, they certainly didn't look like it last week. <clears throat> I won't argue with you there. They did not look like it, and, and quite honestly, even, even in the win last night, uh, like I said, there's a lot for this team to work on. If they really want to get themselves in a position to be a factor come March, they have to start bringing it consistently, and they have to prove that they can knock off the top-tier teams in this league. They got the opportunities. They have to do it now. The potential is there. Michelle Rava, shout-out to the fiancé, says... Okay, so we see that they can compete and do well at times. I know it's so early to tell. <clears throat> if they keep it up, what are your thoughts on March Madness? Yeah, I, I kind of stick to that. You know, To me, it, it's still a little bit of wait and see, kind of prove it mode. I think that's probably how a lot of you know people who do the seeding and, and the evaluations and things like that feel right now. Okay, everyone recognizes the potential. Time to prove it. Hope they do. Hope they do. Earl Huey says, what are your thoughts on the upcoming Oklahoma State game? Whoopig Suey from Colorado Springs. Love Colorado Springs, by the way. Um, you know, this Oklahoma State game, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, uh, it, I, th I thought, or maybe, I don't know, maybe I hoped that at this point in the season, Oklahoma State would be down a little bit. They aren't NCAA tournament eligible. So, you know. You think you get to a certain point in the season, they're like, eh, whatever. You know, we're just going to play it out, ride it out. But they're not. They're playing really well. <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously Arkansas is going to have their hands full, you know, defending Cade Cunningham, uh, probably the number one overall pick. Teammates with Moody in high school. So maybe it actually makes sense for those guys to be matched up. You might see Tate on him also. Uh but, you know, if, if Arkansas is able to disrupt him in a way that they were able to disrupt Shreve Cooper last night, put yourself in a good spot. I think it also depends how you play before that, right? So you just beat Auburn. Let's say you go get a road win at Vanderbilt and then take care of business against Ole Miss in the midweek. Well, then, you know, you got a little bit of swagger going, right? Three wins in a row. You're feeling good going in there. You know, you know that it's a great opportunity for you, but it's not going to impact you in terms of conference play. Uh, so they might be able to go in there and play free and loose 
uh, and sneak out a victory, and that would be just a huge win if they can pull it off. Won't be easy, though. David McDaniel says, slumps over. I hope. I hope so. Edward Huckabee says, Woo Pig Suey, great win last night. Go Hogs. Hey, Curtis. Hey, Edward, hope you're doing well. How's McCrory? Michael Kopeski says, Got to have the state boys show out and carry the Hogs through the SEC schedule. They sure looked good yesterday. Maybe talked about Dazzy a little bit. Devo, Jalen Williams, the contributions they made. You know, Moody, again, didn't have his best game, was held to five points, and, you know, he struggled from the floor, and, uh, I thought I thought Auburn did a really good job of crowding him and really you know kind of kind of making it tough on him in terms of getting his shot off. Uh, they were kind of daring him. I thought to hey if if you're gonna be a factor here, you need to you're gonna have to blow by me and go make a play at the rim. Well, he did. <laughs> if you remember the one, he caught on the right wing and just ripped it through, drove right by the guy, and went and hammered the dunk. That was impressive. <clears throat> you know when people talk about. Moody being a you know a first round pick and one and done and everything like that, uh, you know a lot of people turn to well he can't create his own shot. Uh, well, no, he can. He needs to work on that and continue to improve it and hone it in. But he showed last night he can he can put it on the floor and go make a play. It was good. Michael also says Desi Sills playing good equals a Hogs W. What's Arkansas's record when Sills struggles? I bet not good. I. Guarantee you that's the case. Um, <clears throat> you know, as I think about it, I, yeah, I don't think any, no, yeah, nobody played well against Missouri. I can't remember how he did against Tennessee, but certainly uh, didn't play his best in those two games last week. So there is a correlation there. Like I said, you know, we keep talking about who's who's the leader on this team. Who's going to take over? Who's the one that's going to slap the floor, you know, and, and lock down defensively and get the guys going and bring the energy and, and, and the juice and things of that nature? Well, it's Desi. You know, it's not that guys don't respond to other people who do that, but it's infectious with Desi Sills. So hopefully he continues to play with, well, he starts to play with more consistency moving forward. Tyler says, nail-biting finish, now on blood pressure medicine after watching the whole thing. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way. It, it's hard not to get excited and get emotional about it. At least they won, right? It's okay to take that blood pressure pill after victory. <clears throat> Michelle says, I know obviously KK is out. We can say what if all day and it wouldn't matter, but just for fun, do you think KK would be seeing more playing time now if he was able to play? Yeah, I do. Actually, I do. I think one area of concern for the Razorbacks moving forward is still point guard play. Jalen Tate made some big plays last night. Scored some big baskets. Still had five turnovers. Five assists, but five turnovers. I don't know if SEC defenses are starting to figure him out a little bit or if he's just having a little bit you know, of a sloppy stretch with the ball security. Uh, but he's got to get back to where he was early in SEC play and definitely in the non-conference when it comes to his assist-turnover ratio and getting that ball moving and getting the guys going through the flow of the offense. It's so important. Uh but you got to have him out there because when you get beyond Tate, it really becomes an issue. You know, Note has been struggling with turnovers. He's got more turnovers than he does assists right now. I think he's a little bit better served playing off the ball and creating from the wing 
where he can really focus on being a scorer because that's what he is. He's such a good ball handler, he can run the point for you. But you'd probably rather have him on the wing where he can create, <clears throat> you know, shoot uh, shot opportunities offensively. You know, and Devo, I think he's got a future at point guard. Um, but, you know, in crunch time, he had to take over that position a little bit last night and he struggled. So, and that's just a freshman thing. He's going to learn from that experience and get a lot better from it. But, yeah, you definitely need more improved point guard play. I, I think KK would have been a guy. Uh, I'm not saying he would have been the complete difference maker last week, but might have been able to give you a little bit of a boost, you know, with his speed and, and playmaking ability uh, to get some more points on the board and get some guys involved for sure. MP Rich, that, MP Rich says, Wu Pig Sui, what a great line by Jalen when he tagged Desi as the War Eagle Slayer. I love that. The War Eagle Slayer. I, it's true. I mean, I don't know what it is about Auburn. We asked, we actually asked Desi about it too, and he's like, I don't, I don't know. But he scored 45 points in two games against those guys, dominating them. The War Eagle Slayer. I love it. Jay Frazier says, we need the net rankings of our opponents to be better. Auburn being 70s and 80s doesn't help us enough. I agree. Yeah, I agree. You're doing a good job. At, you know, With the net rankings, there's two things that are really important. One is you got to avoid losses against the teams ranked low like that. Uh, and so Arkansas has done a really nice job of that. You also have to beat uh, you know, some of those teams that are ranked with you a little bit higher. And like I said, the further along we get in the season, those opportunities become more few and far between, so you've got to take advantage when they come. Oklahoma State's the next one. Matt Worley says, where is Trey? Trey is probably on one of our 10 press conferences we have today. Today has been a wild day. Uh, so we've, we've got, uh, you know, at 10 o'clock we had Hunter Urichek. He kind of came on and gave his State of the Hogs address. Uh, at 11 o'clock we had a baseball Thing with Dave Van Horn to preview uh, the, the season opening tournament. There's, you know, Mike Neighbors. Shout out to them, by the way, women's basketball for adding a game with UConn next week. Coming to Bud Walton. That's awesome. There's a press conference with him. We got Muscleman at two. So it's uh, it's certainly a busy day for us over here at Hog Sports. Ben Brandon says, Curtis, congrats on the engagement. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. I'm excited. I think she is too. <laughs> Andrew Sawyer says, do you think that scoring is going to be a problem? Well, it could be. It has been as of late. Now, uh, you know, I thought they did some really good things, again, in the second half of just being more aggressive uh, in, in terms of attacking the basket, had better spacing, more ball movement. They were playing with more purpose. They didn't seem as timid and back on their heels as they were in the last couple games. Teams capable of scoring. Um, you know, I, I don't think that they're the, you know, top ten scoring team in the nation that they were over the course of, you know, the first month or so of the season in the non-conference, but they're not that bad, okay, as, as they as they showed last week. So I think this could be a, a team that's in the upper half of the SEC, and you know, offensively for sure. Uh, got to be a little bit more physical and got to be able to finish around the rim. A little bit better in that regard last night, but, uh, you know, you got to get the easy ones. Sam Temple says, "What you doing, or how you doing, Kurt? What would help Vanover get out of this slump? Well, um, he's got to play his way out of it. You know, Musselman talked about how productivity is going to dictate the minutes moving forward. 
And and really what I think would help Vanover get out of the slump is to have a big performance defensively when he gets in. Whether that's a start or he comes in off the bench, you know, I think if he gets in a situation where boom, he's grabbing rebounds, he's swatting a couple shots away, you're you're getting some good things going for him defensively, then I think that offense is going to start to come. And it, it's going to be predicated by matchups. You know, so we've we've seen over the course of the last week, you know, how he can struggle to to defend some of those more athletic and, and perimeter based guys. Well, guess what? You know, when, when Arkansas plays teams like Mississippi State and A and M, uh, who have you know some of those more big traditional post players, it's kind of going to be flipped to a degree to where they have to then respect Connor Vanover and guard him as a perimeter shooting threat. So then maybe that's when we start to see Connor start rattling off some of those threes. He's capable. He's still going to have a role on this team. It might not be, you know, the the 30 minutes a game near double-double guy that we had at the beginning of the season, but can still bring a ton of value. Robert James Hurst says, congratulations, Curtis. You got me looking forward to your show just like I do Trey's show. All of y'all at Hog Sports are killing it. Thank you. We we really appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's it's been amazing being on the team with these guys for the last several months and, you know, Actually, when we had Hunter Urichek on today and he kind of did a State of the Hogs address in the beginning, he was talking about, you know, the COVID and how it's impacted things and how they battled through it and stuff like that. And I was getting flashbacks because my first day on the job, we had Hunter Urichek for a press conference. I'm trying to figure out how to get onto the Zoom call, right, and, and things like that and listening, you know, to him talk about what was to come with, with football season and the uncertainty and things like that and uh, you know, it's, it's been an adjustment for us here. You know, just press conferences are different. The way we cover things are different. We're limited, uh, you know, in our ability to, to, you know, have the full staff at games and things like that. So, you know, we've adapted, and, and I think it's still been good. And, you know, at the end of the day, we want to put out a product that you guys appreciate. And, uh, you know, hearing things like that definitely makes us feel good. So thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Well, I think we just about covered it again. Big win for Arkansas. Hopefully, <laughs> tell you what, hopefully everybody's feeling a little bit better about where the Hogs are. I'm kind of in wait and see mode, like I said, cautiously optimistic maybe. We'll see what the weekend holds. They got to get it done on the road. Yeah, Vanderbilt on Saturday. Ole Miss next week. We'll be back after that midweek game again. Uh, we'll always do that. And then we'll be previewing a, a really critical game against Oklahoma State. So, should be another great show. Appreciate it today. Love all the questions and comments. That that really helps keep things going. Uh, like having you guys involved. Appreciate it. You remember, throw us a like, rate, and review. Any of those things. We will be back uh, probably a week from today. Hopefully, <laughs> feeling good about where the Razorbacks are. Again, this has been Curtis Wilkerson with Hog Hoops Live, and we will see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.